like PG. Grab my glasses, I'm out the door. I'm gonna hit this city Let's before go. I leave. Brush my teeth with a bottle of Jack. Cause when I leave for the night, I ain't coming back. I'm talking pedicure on Hello. My name is Tom Chick. Delightful. <laughs> Do you guys not like this song? Huh. This is awesome. This is a song that I think. Main ringtone. It's it's TikTok. Uh, here here we go. Listen. La 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 la. Doesn't that strike you as something that Cameron Diaz from Bad Teacher would listen to? Who? Uh, uh, all right, whatever. Anyway, as I said, my name is Tom Chick, and that's the only connection. This is music she'd like, the character in the movie. <laughs> I, that's, that's, the, that's the entire link. Uh, so. As as you guys know, our staff was pressed for time this week for this week's prep time, so that's all they were able to come up with. Uh, I'm afraid. Uh, <laughs> uh, so let me introduce you guys. I'm joined by Christian Krzyzinski, uh, I think. Christian Krzyzinski? Is that close? Well, my last name is Lacoutre. <laughs> and Kelly Wand, who I hope has for us a tagline related to Bad Teacher, which is the movie we saw this week. What do you got, Kelly Wand? Uh, this It does tie in and maybe a little better than that musical choice, although I realize we have a staff that's for players' turn. Um, but uh, this is the last sentence of my brother's sixth-grade essay on an educational film about drug abuse that I found. It's the last sentence of it. He goes, and at the funeral, the kid realized that for the past two weeks, it hadn't been the boat that the old man was trying to fix, but the kid. <laughs> that's very touching. Yeah. See? It, it, it seems like there's redemption at the end of that story. Educational film can mean a lot of things, if you think about it. <laughs> We're uh, need a bigger kid. Diggis, tell us what we saw this week. Don't spoil anything, because there might be people who haven't seen it who are deciding whether or not they should see Bad Teacher. So why don't you just break us, break down for us the basics, Dingus? All right, this week we saw Bad Teacher, a 2011 comedy movie about it. <laughs> Spit it out. I know it's Sorry. tough. I apologize. Uh, this is a comedy movie about a teacher. That sounded about, more convincing. Well, well done. Yeah, I I've done a number of line readings <clears throat> about a teacher trying to make it in a really well-off school with a lot of support from parents, good students, fellow teachers, and administration. It was directed by Jake Kasdan and stars Cameron Diaz, Jason Segel, Lucy Punch, and uh, Justin Timberlake. The film is rated R for sexual content, nudity, language, and some drug use. I don't Lucy Punch. <laughs> I don't. Was there nudity? Oh yeah. Uh, I don't oh oh my god. Oh how can I forget? Oh uh, that it doesn't was, count. It That's very in doctor's office. Yeah. Oh yeah. It was really. It was like oh, your sister. <laughs> well, what's this? Uh, see, I don't trust Southerners saying <laughs> jokes like that. Uh, so let's go ahead and spoil it now uh, before we talk about it. Kelly Wand, can you give us a synopsis of what happens in Bad Teacher? Yeah, I want to preface it by saying um, I saw this in a packed house, and I was in, like, the front row, and there was a dude behind me who every two minutes, literally every two minutes of this movie, kept going, wow, <laughs> to everything. Like, it, he said it when Cameron Diaz turned the lights off. He goes, wow. So I was hating this guy, and I was slouched over, baked and angry, watching Bad Teacher and acting like Bad Teacher. <laughs> Wow. 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 How many times can you fucking hear that? Jesus. Hate people. 
<laughs> By the this way, guy... um, Slouched Over, Baked and Angry is the title of your memoir. Uh. <laughs> wow. Kelly Wand, when you do it, it sounds like, I don't think that was a dude. It sounds like a guy had one of those little cow things that you turn over. <laughs> I don't do you... tip cows. I'm from West Virginia. <laughs> It's an East Virginia thing. Um, wow. Wow. I'm not doing it right. It was so much more annoying than I, I know I have an annoying voice, but this guy was so much more annoying even than me. And it was just, wow. Like, who is he seeing that with? He's trying to impress with his, like, like he's on a date. Wow. Look at that. We just watched that. Now we're watching. Wow. Uh, crazy. And it's such not a movie of wow. All right. Anyway, whatever. Fucking people. <laughs> All right. Give us a synopsis, Kelly Wand. What do you got for us this week? Hey, also, do you guys, mm-hmm. when you see movies, do you ever pretend it, it's a sequel to another movie with the same actor? <laughs> like, did you, like, when we saw Night and Day, did you ever think, oh, it's like it's like a sequel to Vanilla Sky, but, like, he's in the hallucination cryogenics thing and having this. Because Cameron Diaz was also in uh, right. Vanilla Sky, right. I see what you're saying. Yeah. So how did you swing that with Bad Teacher? She's, it's a sequel to Night and Day. And it's the same character in Vanilla Sky and Night and Day. Oh, but like it's after things didn't work out with Tom. Right. Cruise, That's why she's bitter. Right. She, like she had moved on to the guy whose mother who she breaks up with. I see what you're saying. No, I don't ever do that. I did that with Empire Strikes Back. Uh, save it for the three by three. Oh, my, my mistake. Wait, say that again, Dingus. With what? I did that with Empire Strikes Back. Is that a sci-fi channel movie about... Uh... Keep telling us about Star Wars, Dingus. What, what is the... <laughs> well, I thought of it as a sequel to Jaws because it had some of the same characters. <laughs> oh, yeah, because Robert Shaw is the um, Admiral oh. He plays... Uh, no, he plays Clumsy uh, Peter Cushing, I think. Or please, the, please, please get us to a synopsis, <laughs> Kelly Wand. So, uh, Peter Cushing gets to be in the good Star Wars movie, so Christopher Lee's in the lame one. I didn't even think of that. That's right. I wonder if they taunt. Well, they don't now, but I wonder if they used to taunt each other. <laughs> Peter Cushing wins this one, doesn't yeah, he? Yeah, yeah. Ah, get your hands cut up. All right. Uh, bad teach, sis. Let's get back to the movie we all saw this weekend. Rock and roll. Besides Star Wars in some of our cases, I think. Um, all right. So bad teach, sis. So this chick's dating a rich guy that she somehow met at a job that she somehow applied for and got teaching third graders how to sleep while at work all day and she hates talking to people but likes watching movies and fucking and getting baked i can't relate to this character at all <laughs> so unsympathetic god not since greenberg have i been so repulsed <laughs> uh and on her way out of her job she goes later fuck faces and drives in reverse while she's smoking and tries to kill herself hitting a bus so the principal shouts if things don't work out with your marriage we'll rehire you and the gym teacher seth rogan who looks like he's lost some weight since they co-starting <laughs> which this is a sequel to along with night and day uh he's always hitting on her but she's not interested because he's only 10 years younger than her which is a little older than her demographic and uh her prospective ex-mother-in-law-to-be's waiting at home with her son on a love seat when she gets home. And the mom character's all, I'm breaking up you and my son because you didn't remember his birthday was today. And she goes, yeah, I did. I got him this. And she hands over a gold filling. And he feels his mouth and goes, you took that out while I slept. And she goes, well, it's not a gift if you're awake. Plus, it wasn't your birthday yet. And he goes, but if we didn't go to bed till 1 a.m., 
And I was born at 3.06 a.m. on the West Coast, so technically, and she's like, okay, fine, I'll sign the prenup, but we should revise your will, which is in the attic. I'll hold the ladder. But the mom saw, you're not holding anything of my son's to revise ever again. And she leaves. And a few months later, the son leaves. So Cameron Diaz gets an apartment with Danny McBride, who finds her boring and never hits on her because he has way better options. And he thinks she's a nurse, but he never hits her up for prescriptions because he's got way better options. And so now that she's broke, she gets a 73 Dodge Dart, but with the same license plate she had on the sports car because she (laughs) likes to dwell on the past. And the chick from Dinner of Schmucks has red hair and works across the hall from Cameron Diaz as the political religions teacher. And Justin Timberlake's a billionaire watchmaker who moonlights as a substitute teacher, except he works at the same school all year, teaching undefined subjects. And the chick from The Office goes, I like it when his eyes sparkle when he farts near me. And Cameron Diaz is all, I want him to sit on my face like a human centipede and go stinky. And Meredith goes, speaking of which, let's eat lunch together. And Cameron Diaz flirts with Justin Timberlake by going, ha ha, told you you and Beale never last. Big fucking surprise. And he goes, my character in this movie and I broke up a year ago. Look. And he shows her a picture on his phone of a naked lady. And he goes, she had a pair of milky white hearts with pink tips like pencil erasers dipped in estrogen. And she goes, hmm, you dump chicks with big tits. I better get some. But she finds out medical insurance only covers boob jobs if the health of the mother's in danger or incest. So she's all, hmm, I wonder how a hot, slutty girl with no morals and a working vagina can make some fast money. And a student goes, well, we're having a bake sale in five minutes. So Cameron Diaz seductively pours vanilla cupcake frosting all over her face and puts a pillow in an oven and climbs into it in slow-mo and then pops out of a cake-shaped penis. Yeah, so she makes 73 cents at that, so she's got a nipple, a nipple. And then a student goes, oh, yeah, there's also a best teacher ever contest coming up, but the dinner of Smucks Chicks won it every year. And she goes, since when? And the kid goes, birth. Oh, Kelly Wand. Ah. And Cameron Diaz is all, that's it. Whatever random thing anybody says to me will be the focus of all my energy and attention for the next 10 minutes of screen time. So even though she can't BS her way through a two-minute conversation with her prospective mother-in-law, she has read To Kill a Mockingbird and Animal Farm and has no problem discussing their themes in depth, even though she's actually a math teacher. But Justin Timberlake's going out with the Smucks lady because he'll dry hump anything with the C-cup or Britney Spears, and so will his character. And Seth Rogen, the gym teacher, gets baked with her and Meredith in the gym during a dance that's being held in another school's gym, but nobody fucks or watches TV. So instead of studying for the test, she puts on an Annie wig and drugs a guy and steals a copy of the best teacher ever, Scantron, but Smucks tricks her by moving her desk to her classroom, and I guess moving hers to Cameron Diaz's classroom and nobody noticing, and her forgetting that she's done this when the cops show up later and open the desk and find weed and a saran wrap baggie of placebos inside, and Cameron Diaz anticipating all this, and also her not getting fingered for giving the Schmucks lady an apple with herpes inside. Which is like the third most common way to get herpes after peaches and Tom. But it's okay because Cameron Diaz learns her lesson because they take the kids to see Abraham Lincoln and teach him how history can be fun. Or at least that Abraham Lincoln's still alive and spends his days answering questions. Whoa. (laughs) Gesundheit from third graders. (laughs) 
And Lincoln goes, I used to call myself the split railer because that's how people fucking talked back before I was assassinated by some asshole actor. Never trust a man who impersonates another man, kids. Or a woman, my young friends. Or a woman. Also, what other nicknames did I have among the Confederates? And the stoned old teacher wakes up and goes, four score and seven years ago, and falls asleep again. And Lincoln goes, yep, that was the big one. Wait, am I the principal? Why would I fucking dress as Lincoln? And the stupid kid finds this inspiring. So he stands up beside Lincoln and tells the bitchy dumb girl that he loves her dumb bitchiness and her disinterest. And she's all he ever thinks about when he's reading articles on Wikipedia about masturbation and or unrequited love and or embarrassing public displays. But she's not impressed or turned on by his poems. And she's all orange doesn't even rhyme with door hinge, loser. So the kid cries and runs into a log cabin and shits his pants and plays Dungeons and Dragons by himself and loses and rolls a new guy and his pen runs out of bank and he rolls three dice for his character's charisma and he rolls a zero and he laughs sadly and he tells the character sheet, I know the feeling, old timer, and he sighs and he puts his arm around it and then he and the character sheet start making out, but it gives him a wedgie. And then the piece of paper tells him that it's also in love with the same girl he likes. And it asked her to marry him. And she said yes. And they're getting married next week. And I wanted to invite him to the wedding. But can see how it'd be kind of weird. And Cameron Diaz feels bad. Because the studio notes said to reshoot the end. So this movie playing Peoria. So she chases down the fat kid making out with the piece of paper in the log cabin. And she goes, I'm usually wrong when it comes to everything, especially relationships, but you'll get laid someday. But only once you've dry humped rich dudes in a motel room will your life start to seem empty. And he goes, wow, someday? Awesome. So can I tell the guys you seduced me in here and conceived a child named after my D&D character, Vin Diesel Sword? And she goes, uh, that'd be too far-fetched for several reasons, but here... And she takes off her bra without unclasping it and goes, tell all your dumb friends that right after you ran off crying, you molested an eighth grader and then waved this around. Nobody will check your story at all. Also, I stole this bra from your mom's dresser the night you guys had me over for Christmas dinner, but I'm going to need it back. And he's all sweet. So they go back to the bleachers and he says what she said for him to say and raises the bra. So the little girl falls in love with him. And one kid, Portuguese buckwheat, sniffs the bra and goes, hey, wait a minute. Eighth graders don't have boobs this small. And the principal fires schmucks, or rather sentenced her to teach black kids at Martin Luther King Jr. High proper urinal protocol. And the principal goes, Cameron Diaz, as an official reward for your fishy role in all these scandals and stealing all that money, but not using it to get fake boobs, but for other stuff we'll never know. And since you know so much about car washing and to kill a mockingbird and aren't good at giving advice, we're making you a guidance counselor. And she goes, I guess I love Seth Rogen now, huh, studio notes? <laughs> It's a shame that so much of that will be lost on people who didn't see this. Eh, it was packed when I saw it. So the guy who goes, wow, a lot will like it. Wow. Could that have been could that have been Dingus, by the way? Dingus, were you were you going wow a lot when you saw this? I was, but I was texting. <laughs> Sexting. Dingus hides his face and ears, except when trailers are on, I thought. I only watched the trailers this time and hid my face and ears during the movie. Mm-hmm. That's a good. That's a good. Uh, it's a good policy. Yeah, policies. All right. All right. Yeah. Bad so te- here we are. Bad teacher. Yeah. So that happened. <laughs> Jesus did it.
You know, it keeps getting compared to Bad Santa, which annoys me, because Bad Santa fucking ruled. But and not Jake compared Paston's favorably, like compared in the sense that it wished it was Bad Santa, right? Yeah, it thinks it is. Yeah, that's it's how- not the same writers. These are the guys who wrote Year One, which also had a really horrible finale. Although I like some parts of Year One, like where they vomit from writing the first cart ever with Tev Wheels. <laughs> that's awesome. That's good. That makes me want to see Year One, Kelly One. Thank you. That part's good. Yeah, it's early though. But um, what would be the counterpart to that in Bad Teacher? Um, like if you were to tell someone this is a scene in Bad Teacher that would make them want to see it. The dry hump I thought was good. Yeah, but what's the scene in, in Bad Teacher that you thought was good? <laughs> you know what? The dry hump, if I hadn't seen, like, Bridesmaids recently, like, if I hadn't seen Kristen Wiig's awesome, funny sex scenes, I might have agreed with you. The whole I like the Christmas dinner. Uh, the Christmas oh. dinner with Molly Shannon. Yeah. Uh, oh, well, yeah. You know what? It was a good idea. I guess it wasn't that good, but it was, like... I was excited, like, oh, it's going to be the Christmas dinner with the kid, and then nothing happened. I guess that's a bad example. Bad, bad Santa has great stuff with kids that's that's really, like, harsh. Like, Bad Santa is mean, genuinely mean to kids. And this always felt like it was being kind of fake when it was doing its scenes where it was supposed to be mean to kids. Uh, but that kid was a major character in Bad Santa, and the character... Bad Santa's not redeemed, per se, but he just feels... You know, he the kid does have an effect on him. And in this, the, none of the kids have any effect on Bad Teacher. And then she somehow gets redeemed anyway. And yeah, without without so much as someone making a wooden pickle for her. Yeah. There's no scene where she, she finds redemption. It's like, <laughs> all right, it's the end of the movie. She's changed her mind. Now everything's fine. What? Okay. Now, Kelly, let's not harsh on it too bad, because I think Dingus might have liked it. No, he didn't. Hey, Dingus, what did you think of Bad Teacher? I'm so happy we're talking about this. Because <laughs> you love comedies, right? I love comedies. Dingus and loves love, to laugh. I love black comedies. So this one, really, I loved it so much. Right, because it's dark. It's dark, yeah, right? It's got yeah. edge and bite, yeah? Yeah, like when he was doing that song with Period 5, the teacher band. <laughs> God, I really was like, yeah, simpatico. That's a funny word. You should I know all these people. Times. It's so funny. Yeah, but if he, he keeps saying it until it's funny, you see. Oh. You see? You see how that works? Yeah. <laughs> you know what else is dumb about it? It's what, why Bad Santa's good and this isn't. It's like, she. why would she, this character have or get videos of Dangerous Minds and Lean on Me to show the kids? Instead of just pornos or idle hands. Like, that's a joke that the screenwriters would go, oh, yeah, it'd be funny if they were watching that. It's like, that character wouldn't go to that much trouble to get those. Well, you she just don't, don't think about her. what the character would do. Like, your thing about her studying literature. I mean, you just, you're, you're doing, it's, it, this is a single entendre movie. You know, I kind of got that, though, because the idea is that this is what she thinks teaching is from watching movies. You know, she gets a movie that has a teacher as the lead character. I kind of got that. No, because why would she even go to that much trouble? That's out of character for her. And I was kind of liking the beginning, like, okay, it's like Daffy Duck. It's a movie about Daffy Duck, like Elvira or something. Like, I, I don't mind that she's unsympathetic, but she's not consistently... Her, her agenda makes no sense. To me. Well, okay, so let's let's talk about, as far as a concept... And Dingus, I'm going to assume because you had a hard time forcing out the word comedy, you weren't particularly fond of this either. I don't think any of us would be. Uh, but I, 
was really psyched to see this because I love the concept. I would love to – and I really thought Cameron Diaz would have been the right person to pull it off. I love this idea of let's have a bad Santa movie about this irredeemable, just abrasive, uncaring female character who is shallow and superficial and just wants a breast job uh, and who doesn't care about the kids. And and you know what? Let's make her a drunk. Let's make her a stoner. Let's totally – uh, you know, I if this had gone as far as it should have with its concept, I would have totally gotten into this. Yeah. But I hated that it kept pulling its punches. Yeah. Uh, it just wasn't committed at all. But, I, you know, I I think if it had been committed and what went on with Jake Kasdan? I mean, come on. This, this is I thought he did zero effect for Pete's sake. Um, he so did. I, and I, I watched part yeah. of that today I, and I couldn't stop watching it. And I was trying to figure out. How did he just – there's no timing in this movie that works whatsoever. And and Zero Effect is brilliant, but but everything falls flat. I, I, you know, you just said what, what's the what's the moment that you would tell somebody to try right. to say – To make them want to see it, right? I can't think of a moment. There's a couple of things I wrote down. Well, oh, I smiled here. I, I kind of laughed. Almost a laugh. But there was like two of those. It was It was dead quiet. It was like crickets. There wasn't even a guy going wow in my theater. People laugh when the guy pooped, and he goes, oh, I, I thought she'd never leave. Oh, that joke. I mean, that's the joke you're going to wind up with? Really? And Tom, That's I'm the one thing got the biggest laugh in the crowded theater from young dumbasses. <laughs> I'm glad you brought up Bridesmaids, because, um, because when you... All I could think about was the Melissa McCarthy character in that, or the, the part Melissa McCarthy played. Mm-hmm. Um, and in this movie, we've got a, a teacher who looks like sort of that bull dyke teacher. And what's the joke? She's a lesbian. I mean, that's your joke. It, that's it. That's no, Dingus, that's not it. She has sweaty underarms. And she, <sighs> works, yeah, she works at a women's prison, and she and she uh, gets turned on by the car wash. That's it. That's your joke. <laughs> the, the teacher who looks like a dyke and works in a prison also thinks that. Cameron Diaz is attractive? That's the joke? Really? What do you think? Dennis, let me float another joke by and see if you think if this one works for you. The principal, is he's really into dolphins. Ah, you get it? Isn't that funny? Wait, so the kid's family had the dolphin thing. Never mind. So that's the they? joke. See, that's the joke. The principal likes dolphins. Isn't that great, dolphins. you guys? Don't you what love a buffoon. <laughs> Whatever dolphin lover. There was one. There was one funny. There was one almost funny moment in the uh, in the principal's office. But other than that, what was the almost funny moment? The almost funny moment was when when um, Amy Squirrel, <laughs> her name's Amy Squirrel, um, was in there, and he says something about let's not go back to two thousand eight, and she starts like to put her lip up on her teeth. Don't do the go, mouth. Don't, don't do, do the that. Mouth. mouth. Regular mouth. <laughs> So felt, See, that's the thing is I really felt like – I mean I thought Cameron Diaz was trying, and I even – I think I, I kind of liked Lucy Punch. Like she was trying. Yeah, yeah. It's the writer's fault. They didn't know what the hell to do with Lucy fine, Punch. Because right. she, was, she was really committed. She was willing to yeah. put herself out there, I thought. Um, even Phyllis Smith. I mean you have somebody who's yeah, yeah. overweight and awkward, and what's the joke? She's overweight and awkward, and then we're going to have her get high, but we're never going to follow up the joke or even right. do no follow-ups on anything. There yeah. was uh, get your ass over to those cowboys. That was their other joke with Phyllis Smith. But, but we don't even see what she says. I know. Like they, they tease you like, oh, it's going to be her and talking to cowboys. Now nah, you'll just see him dancing. We, brief, we like yeah. that. Brief visual gag. That's all the payoff you get. 
Uh, That's not even a gag. The joke is she's dancing with them. Because Dingus, like you were saying, I mean, I thought Phyllis Smith, the scene where they're having uh, lunch the first time, and Cameron Diaz is like, I'm not going to the the, uh, uh, meeting, not the meeting, what do you call it, the the thing in the auditorium, the assembly. Orientation. Orientation, yes. She's like, I'm not going. And Phyllis Smith's like, but it's mandatory. And she's like, I'm not going. And Phyllis Smith's like, okay, well, maybe I'll sit in the back. Okay, well, maybe I'll leave early. Leave early. <laughs> no, I'll probably just go. Like, there, Phyllis Smith was given material. She was actually working it. She was good in that. And or she improved it, and she's awesome. Maybe. You know what? Yeah, maybe, yeah, maybe she improved Because I know she's from The Office. Uh, yeah. I know, uh, so. That was Bridesmaids level improv. That smell, it was like, oh, they found the Bridesmaids comedy thing of just like people just. Yeah, just people hanging out, and to be, you know, there wasn't a connection there. They were talking past each other, but it was kind of funny. You know what yeah. it reminded me of? So here's, I think, part of what happened is, did, Dingus, do you know offhand, did Jake Kasdan write this thing? No, it was no. the guys who wrote one, Lee Eisenberg oh, that's and right. Stepnitsky. That's right, you mentioned that, Kelly. Wand. So I'm guessing these guys, like an example, I think, that of this. So obviously it wants to recall Bad Santa, but watching the scenes with Phyllis Smith and Cameron Diaz, I thought a lot of, and I feel bad because I'm not going to be able to remember the guy's name, and I love him, uh, Danny McBride and the guy who plays Stevie on Eastbound and Down. Uh, there was a lot of that sort of, that Jody Hill vibe uh, with the sort of tyrannical, abusive asshole character and the impressionable like sidekick who really looks up to him. Like I thought they were going to do some of that stuff with uh with those two characters and none of that but it seemed to have a very similar it was going for a very similar vibe to eastbound and down uh oh which, i see that with the milk you know when she's getting her the milk and stuff yeah yeah exactly right and also like here's another thing that i really feel they missed an opportunity on and i was really hoping that we could get to see one of the really cool things about bridesmaids is that it's not typical chick comedy you know bridesmaids is a great movie that just happens to have a woman in the lead role and her being a woman influences some of the comedy but it, it doesn't have an agenda so i really would have liked to have seen an eastbound and down level or bad santa level story that had a, a woman in that role and I even would have liked to have seen it sort of explore her sexuality. Like, I was even wondering, mm-hmm. is she really going to seduce the test guy? Like, is, is Cameron Diaz actually going to use her sexuality? Or does mm-hmm. she even want to have sex? You know, that's such right. a huge part of Danny McBride's character in Eastbound and Down and Billy Bob Thornton's character in Bad Santa. Let's go ahead and let a woman, like, be, you know, a slut or sexual. Or let's let's explore that. Let's have that be part of the comedy rather than pussyfooting around. Oh, is he going to pass out? You know, I. Is, is she even into it? You know, she right. obviously she's obviously a gold digger. That's kind of that could be funny. But do are we do we get to see anything about her sexuality? You know, there's a brief moment in the beginning of Drive Angry where Amber Heard and Nicolas Cage come up to a bar for a brief respite during the action. And Nicolas Cage goes off to have sex. And and I think I'm pretty sure like I don't know. Amber Heard is going to go off and have sex also, although they kind of do a twist where she just wants to get a pedicure. Um, But I'm kind of like, you know what? Let women go off and just have sex. It doesn't sully them. You know, it's part of what women can do. We can have that in the movie. And unfortunately, I felt like uh, they shied away from it in Bad Teacher. Um, Yeah, that's a really good point. Because it really was a key part of the bad Santa's character, and the idea that he was that jaded, but he was—he still had a sex drive, made him more authentic seeming. Yeah, like for instance, Cameron Diaz is going to get the breast job. Is that strictly to get this one guy? Right, right. Does she what? Does she have sexual regret? You know, they play a little bit with her getting along with Jason Siegel, who 
God bless him. He seemed to be trying, but boy, they gave him like nothing at all. Uh, you know, and I like him. And I was like, you know what? Let her just have sex with him, and then just ditch him or something. Like, doesn't doesn't yeah. she have a sex drive? At that I don't I don't know. And also, and and that's necessary. You need that stuff for that dry hump scene to work that they do have. It's like when when she is just dis- when she kind of turns on Justin Timberlake. It's after that sex scene, but we don't know what's going into that sex. Scene. Yeah, yeah. We don't know what she's bringing to it. Uh, well, I, I like that right after that sex scene, he turns her down. You know what? You're right, Dingus. Yeah, that was kind of where yeah. maybe she she did kind of want to lure him into the room. Like, did she get – was she enjoying the thing with Justin Timberlake? Uh, you know, the movie didn't care. Look like she is. It, no, she looks like right. she's talking about it. Yeah. But still, I mean, is she ever horny? Or <laughs> was she? How much did she sleep with that dude at the beginning? That's not it's, – that's, it's so cartoonish. Well, she comes in the house saying, "You better get yourself hard. <laughs> suck your dick like I'm angry at it." But maybe she just talks like that. And she guess, can't believe you would say that. Quoting a movie. I'm not quoting. I am not quoting. <laughs> He's lifted. You know what? That's a good point, Dingus. So again, right there, I'm thinking, okay, this is a movie where she's going to show her enjoying sex. You know, this woman will have a sexuality, and just like in Bad Santa and Eastbound and Down, it can be part of the comedy. But uh, no, it's just supposed to be a funny line because, oops, she said it in front of the mother. <laughs> she rides on the car. Is that the first time she's ever went, oh, I know, I'll take my clothes off and I'll make money. Like, she's never made that connection. This character's <laughs> never thought of that. Like, oh, car wash. My God, that and how did she, the timing in that was so awkward and awful. That car wash scene was horrible. There's no, I hate it when they do this car wash things and there's no sense that the guys watching it are actually there in the shot, too. <laughs> we're going to have to cop for some second, we're going to have the second unit footage shoot yeah. the cop car driving into the parked car and yeah. we'll edit that in. <laughs> they did that in the new guy, too. It's like Eliza Dushku does all these bikini thing montage and then she said, like, yeah, you know, I was doing it for the crew and then they just cut in the guy looking excited. <laughs> it's fucking. Cannibal Run 2, Frank Sinatra. So if I had to pick out one moment to describe a bad teacher to maybe get someone to want to see it, I might go with where she's having the talk with the kid and he says something about – and she's like, don't – you know, that sweatshirt's something that you would wear that someone who doesn't get laid till he's 29 would wear. And he says, it's the only thing my father left me. And she said, there's a reason he didn't pack it. Yeah. That reminded me a bit of – uh, what was it in Due Date, where Robert Downey Jr. has this heartfelt confession about his father leaving him to Zach Galifianakis? And there's a pause, and then Zach Galifianakis laughs and says, my father would never do that. Yeah. Uh, like this kind of like – like I like that reversal from the heartfelt scene. I, I don't know. Like maybe that could have worked. In a- also, the kid's wearing it after that scene at the park. Oh, he doesn't even, it just bounces off of him. Yeah, so he's like, fuck your, but then she takes, she makes him take the hat off. Like, I'm taking, okay, keep the shirt, but I'm taking the hat. So that actually maybe is even the one follow through the movie indulges. Uh, I love how when she had to go seduce the test guy, she had to put on a disguise. Yeah, and that's like, the disguise. That's her seduction disguise. Well, it was like something out of a sitcom. I mean, it really was. Oh, good Lord. Let's put Cameron Diaz in a weird wig. Well, I like the idea that she thought that would work. Like, I know. Okay, I need to look seductive for this guy. I'll steal an Annie wig from the theater department. <laughs> I like the idea that we have to make those connections, like uh, Michael Myers putting on the glasses last week. Like. <laughs> <laughs> You have to picture the scene like she snuck into the gym. She stole the Annie wig. We're missing a wig here, people. Yeah. 
I kind of like that. But see, uh, see, the principal really liked dolphins. You get it? You see? Oh, Isn't that that's awesome? A, that's but really that is, I didn't Jason Segel would wait for her makes him suck. His character's a fucking idiot. He was. He's not getting having. Never mind. I, okay, here's what I liked. I will go with this. This is one point where I was like. Movie, I briefly don't hate you. When they're getting stoned and he accidentally punches her in the arm too hard and points at the joint, like to blame that. Like there was a real sense of, you know what? These actors could have chemistry if you gave them material. This could be funny. Uh, like I, I bet I, that was improv too. And I like him. I I don't know a lot of his stuff, but I really liked him and I love you, man. God, I like that guy. And I just I without yeah, I just think yeah, that's a great cast for this kind of thing. Yeah. They gave I liked, away all the I liked Jesus. him dis- discussing LeBron James. I thought that was funny. Uh, they gave it away in the trailer. That awesome scene. What a shock. See, the thing is, I thought that was so awkwardly put together. Like, they were, like, I like that in theory, but it, it, it just, like, the way it got edited together, it just felt yeah. stilted. Like, kid's line, Jason Siegel's line. Yeah, kid's they didn't line, show the kid Siegel. watching him say it. Yeah, I, I, like, wish, like, it looked like both of them would be up to making this a good scene, but someone somewhere screwed this up and killed any sense of pacing or humor it should have had. That's it, Captain's fault. Everything felt like that. Yeah, I mean, that whole, yeah. You know that you know. Why are we in a middle school and listening to the eight six seven five three zero nine? And and then we're just going to drop jokes in, and then we're just going to leave other ones lying by the side of the road, and nothing's really going to make any sense. We're just going to throw a bunch of shit yeah. against the wall. There, there's just one, when see. she decides to teach, all of a sudden there's a periodic table on the wall, which doesn't make any sense for her classroom. <laughs> right. but, I know. It's there. Waiting. They never build on that, but it's funny. I've decided to be a teacher. What can I scrounge? A periodic table. I'll put that on the wall. That's funny. And we never see her teach. Like she's, it turns out she's a great teacher, and she. It's like, oh, we all read Animal Farm. It's like, wait, we don't get to see those scenes like that character <laughs> dissected. What, what, animal. I, what I kind of started to like was, you know, I, I kind of started to think, well, maybe there could be this film could go toward a subversive uh, discussion of not discussion of, but a painting of how education works in america right now like that that scene at back to school night where she starts bribing the parents which is utterly absurd right. I and mean, the father comes up to her and says she's a rock and hot body and then hands her some money no comment is made on him saying that but, <laughs> um, and then she starts getting money from the parents which is absurd and stupid but is a great comment on on how education is in this country and and how teachers work and can't work. And if they would have followed up on those types of things, test taking, the ridiculousness of standardized tests, the way uh, teachers get merit pay and, and teachers having to go and find other ways to get money in order to teach and get their supplies. Those things could have made a real comment and been biting, but instead it's just gags. Well, Dingus, yeah. I, I would point you, Dingus, for proof that uh, what you're talking about was there. When she's grading the tests and she writes stupid, stupider, Jesus Christ, and I think something like, are you effing kidding me? That, how about that for political commentary on... But like, we don't get to see what she's, what she's commenting on. <laughs> like, this comments the kids wrote. Like, I, I loved some of that, because, but there's never any consequences. There's never any follow-up for any of those types of gags. I mean, the, the mother, there, there's a mother there who sends her daughter to school with baked cookies because she wants her daughter to be president. And this mother never makes a stink about anything. And if you're going to do that, fine, then do something really absurd. But you can't just lay things on the table and then just pretend you didn't put them on the table. Ugh. Yeah, none of the kids are in it. It's like even in Hamlet 2, like the kids were characters. The kids aren't even props in this. It's just fucking oh, yeah. It's yeah. an awful movie. 
Wow, Dingus. <laughs> just he's not out. wrong though. He's because it's such a it's too because it's a wasted opportunity. It could have been great. It's such a great idea for moving a great cast. But you guys, remember how good Night and Day was? Uh, not really. Come on, I kept thinking of that watching this. I was like, I want to watch Night and Day again. No, all right. I, I, I watched because I thought about how attractive she was in that and how she just wasn't in this. And I thought she was really trying, but they were just so mishandling her. I mean, this is this movie is a prime example of how. Uh, a director and an editor can totally mismanage an entire film because there's there. I don't know if there's a moment of comic timing and, and you're talking, you talked about Jason Siegel, who I really like too. And the moment I really liked with him was, is when he's on the floor, like lying against those wrestling mats at the gym. <laughs> and he's like, Oh, this is my, they weren't over there talking about like, is he some rich guy? And the, just the way he's talking, he's like, I see those banners over there. Uh, those there. <laughs> they were over there, but I moved him over there. I mean, yeah. he's just so natural and good, yeah. but, but it just felt like they couldn't mash together the, or they were just, all they were doing was mashing together the film. There was just, it would just clunk and clunk and clunk. Could have been about him. He was a funny character. Well, but what about, isn't that Justin Timberlake just so hilarious though? Don't you guys uh, love that guy? His comic timing, like he was a sort of a mincing character. Wasn't that funny? It seemed like stunt casting. <laughs> like, but yeah, and he said that Simpatico song was totally like something that he should have been doing with that guy on Saturday Night Live. What's that dude's name? Adam and Andy Samberg. What's that dude's name? Yeah. Dingus loves their stuff. Uh, <laughs> Only if they're with Natalie Portman, though. Whatever. Dick in a box is funny. Oh, so see, yeah. So so you loved Justin Timberlake. Who? You, Kelly Wand. What? When? <laughs> I didn't expect to get by, by by the time the frottage scene came along. I wasn't by the expecting time I was the get, frottage scene came along. <laughs> I just want to make sure that people didn't think I was talking about frottage, which is something else. You know, frottage. Uh, actually, I don't what? know. Isn't there frottage like where you commit fraud, and then there's frottage, which is dry. I I don't know. I don't know the terminology. Wait, it's a T or a D? Isn't just it a up, T? Just up. Uh, <laughs> F R O T. I don't. I don't know. Never mind. Whatever. Dry humping. Whatever. By the time that scene came along, I was a little grateful that something moderately funny was happening. Even though, like I said, it was no Kristen Wiig sex scene. It was no MacGyver. Yeah, that's what we want to see: is those two actors not having sex. Oh, you know, there is. A, there was another moment that I really did like, actually. All right. Um, and I thought they could have done more with, it and they didn't. It was at, at in this ridiculous field trip at the beginning when they're at the museum. Mm-hmm. And and um, they've just gotten done talking about how awful slavery is. Yeah, slavery is the worst. And um, and Justin Timberlake talks about how much he hates sharks. And so Jason Siegel just stands up to stands next to him and kind of looks at her and goes, "I'm going to show you who this guy is." Basically, and says, "Yeah, I, I hate sharks too." And he just does this thing where he just leads him around. This is bad. No, it's good. Yeah, it's good. Yeah, it's good. No, it's bad. Yeah, that's bad. And then he walks away. I kind of felt like Jason Siegel a lot of times was basically reacting to how bad the movie was. Yeah. Like it was sort of like he would just sort of smugly look at, at like smugly comment on how something that the movie was showing wasn't funny. And it was almost like a comment on the movie itself. Yeah. Like, Timberlake like was the movie and he's mocking. <laughs> right. That right there was like a big meta scene about the movie itself. <laughs> Absolutely. Whatever. Like a, like a cat playing with a mouse. Right. <laughs> I also thought 
that he would have done the same to me because if he'd said, yeah, sharks are beautiful, though, I would have gone, yeah, that's true. (laughs) (laughs) Kelly Wan, you're kind of like a Justin Timberlake. I'm like Justin Timberlake. You're a lot like that character. Kelly Wan, would you dry hump with Cameron Diaz? Yeah, I guess I would. (laughs) But it, it... it, you wouldn't be naked, Kelly Wong. Why would you? Want oh to- yeah, that would be bad. I don't want to do that. That's stupid. <laughs> dry humping's dumb. It's very unfair. <laughs> Kelly Wong, would you dry hump with Lucy Punch? Yeah, Lucy, dry humping's Lucy's great. I love punching. But awesome. her her name is Mrs. Squirrel. Oh, fuck she that. Does the now, weird thing with her mouth. Yeah. Now I'm a beaver fist more. No. Uh, no, that for me. No way. Thanks for talking me out of that. You're a good friend. Just play like a horse and my twenty-three year old. Kelly one, what is a beaverist? <laughs> oh, wasn't that with the secret John Adams organization? One, two, three, not only you and Really? I don't know where to go from beaverist. Yeah, really? Shish kebabs. Wait, we had a lot to say about the movie still, I thought. Like what? She shows them movies, and that's mm-hmm. supposed to be seen as negligence mm-hmm. on her part. And then she says, I think movies are the new books. And then the movie ends with some half-baked bullshit that totally exemplifies why movies are lamer than books. Tell you you're making me like this movie. Yeah, you're right. This movie was good. Shut the front door. Could see she was a bad teacher. <laughs> Shut the front door was cute. That was cute. Uh, I actually was uh, buying stuff at the supermarket the other day, and the, the woman at the checkout with the, the poor uh, woman who had to bag groceries, they were having a conversation about, shut the front door. Like, one of them actually did that. Really? And went, and went yeah, that's a way you can you can say something without cussing. They were, they were, like, explaining this, this whole idea of saying, shut the front door. Uh, but then it, whenever people do that, it always seems dirtier to me even than if I hadn't known it. Because then I go, wait, F is, I know what F is, but then what's D... Because it would be you. <laughs> That's the really funny thing is, then later, she... She's lawyers. You don't see that coming. Oh, it's a callback. Mm-hmm. That's, uh, okay. It's like when uh, they always say, okay, this is my cousin's car. I don't want to get a scratch on it. Whatever happens, car has to not get in an accident for the rest of the movie. All right, all right, relax. Ah, we're fine. <laughs> and that fruit cart falls on <laughs> plant. Uh, Kelly Wan, what is this week's 3x3? Three three? I believe this one's yours. Yeah, this one's dumb. Let's just get through it so we can get on with our lives. Yeah, so we can get back to Bad Teacher. Let's get through it. But oh, we didn't... Introduce this week's 3x3, three three, and then I want to bring up something before we get into it. It's related to this week's 3x3. Three three. You know what? Maybe I'll make it my number three. No. Inter- introduce this, this week's 3x3. Three three. What are we doing here, Kelly Wand? This The idea was it sounds dumb, but, like, the listeners will have good ones. It's not really about us. It's the opposite of the ones Tom doesn't like when I do, when it's hot. Who cares what we think? Uh, but it's three best gotchas or WTF front door moments uh, in movies. Like, no way. Ah, oh, dude. He said drive-by fruiting. <laughs> so, ah. There went my number one, Kelly Wand. Thanks. <laughs> Ah, uh, she's got pie on her face. Last uh, two dancing works at the car dealership, and Whoopi Goldberg's riding an elephant, like that kind of moment. Like, so what? this is this isn't quite from a movie, but I had a great uh, WTF moment watching the trailer for the new Footloose. Yeah, and then and then seeing who directed it. Who? I didn't see that. I the the, the word Footloose was was my WTF moment at the end. Who was the director? Craig Brewer. Do you know who that is? No. Oh, what? 
Hustle and flow and black snake moan. What? Tough times. <laughs> Economy's in the shitter. Officially. You know what? Uh, uh, bless his heart. If he needs a paycheck, I understand. But I could not believe that. I watched that trailer and I was just aghast. And then saw Craig Brewer is directing that Footloose remake. <laughs> Lord. I know. <laughs> it's why all movies suck right now. The economy's so bad. It's like, okay, we've got to play it safe, which makes movies super dumb. <laughs> Well, that's why uh, Lars von Trier is doing a Short Circuit remake as well. Can't wait for that one. He said Nazis caused all the wars in the world, and I think that was racist. Of him. I had a WTF movie before my, my viewing, too. What was yours, Dingus? Uh, there was a group of people sitting behind me, a, a family, mm-hmm. uh, a mother and, like, several kids. Mm-hmm. And um, uh, the girl, the teenage girl, was... Uh, just go, prattling on and on about some guy <laughs> was weird, and and she just said he he keeps saying I'm a beast. He was at this party, and he said I'm a Lamborghini, and I'm fast. I'm a monster. Jeepers creepers. I don't know what he was saying. She mentioned chupacabra. He said I'm chupacabra, and I'll eat you up. And uh, she just kept talking like this, and then finally the mother said, um, "Is he special ed?" <laughs> And the girl's, wow. res- the girl's response was, no, he's just a white boy. Uh. <laughs> that was a great two-stager, Dingus. <laughs> Wait, was she white? No, they were not white people. They were, they were uh, I think, Latino people. Chupacabra, I did not know. I'm glad to hear that Chupacabra is working its way into the vocabulary of the young people today. I feel that's important. White boys are dumb. Hey. I mean... So by the, by the two end, of the good ones. She said he was really weird, but he was it was cool. <laughs> I'm a chupacabra. I'm going to eat you up. <laughs> That's right. Uh, all right, so who starts with uh, Dingus? You're next week's 3x3, three three, is that correct? So, Dingus, you start us off. What is your number three WTF moment? So, by the way, I don't, I'm a little reluctant to talk about some of these because it'll ruin a lot of movies. Like, I don't want to do ones that people haven't seen. See? I got gotcha. you. Well, you know, you just want to. You're you're a movie ruiner, Kelly Wand. You're just happy to ruin pe- movies for people. I'm like the Heath Ledger Joker. I want to burn all the money and. Ah, right, right. And you're the Two Face. So I want to roll dice, flip coins for everything. And Dingus is uh, Robin. No, Kelly Wand. If I caught a car, I wouldn't know what to do with it. Say. <laughs> oh, is that from uh, Cars Two? Paul Newman. <laughs> uh, oh, Dingus, what do you? What do you got for us for number three? <laughs> um, uh, mine are from the 80s and 90s, so I'm not real worried about it. Uh, and they're all I bog should've... standard, so we're fine. All right. Mm-hmm. Uh, my, t- uh, my top three, number three, number three gotcha moment. Mm-hmm. Um, I think I'll give you fellas a quote from it. Awesome. I got a good feeling about this. I'm going to get this one. All right, you ready? Yep. I was thinking, you're nice. But you can't help me. What? That's not a movie. If that's a quote from a movie, that's terrible. Well, we know it's two people talking, so that limits it. We know it's not Charlie Chaplin movies. E.T. Do a quote that's better. Yeah, Dingus. I'm not going to. I'm not going to do any quotes that were better. This comes after a contest in which one character says... I'm going to tell you what you're thinking, and if every time I'm right, you step toward me. And for every time I'm wrong, you go toward the door. And if you get to the door, uh, then you can leave. And if you get to the chair, you have to sit down and we have to talk. Officer and a gentleman? 
No, it's a guy, a guy doing therapy for uh, a character, a diminutive character who, who sees people that are dead, actually. Oh. Whatever, dingus. Really? All right, oh, yeah. douche. Tell listeners what the movie is. How embarrassing. I know, isn't it? I better write this down. All right, this is from the movie Sixth Sense. This oh, is a sequel to Fifth Sense. It's from 1999 by M. Night Shyamalan. And I know we love to hate on this movie uh, on this very podcast. From time to time. This guy strip off. Do we hate on this movie? Uh, yeah, no, I, think, I think we hate on all of them. Um, but at the time, it really got me. I, I saw it opening weekend with my wife and a very, very good friend of mine. And um, I didn't see the twist coming. Uh, and it totally the the movie itself at the time really creeped me out. I was in a packed theater, and all the little tricks he did to make it creepy worked for me then. And uh, now that I, I think a lot of it's silly, but I think the performances are still very good. And the the twist uh, totally took me by surprise. It was totally a gotcha. And I, I you know maybe a lot of people other people saw it, but nobody really in my group or in my theater seemed to. It seemed to be a genuine mm-hmm. surprise. So I, I have to put this on the list. Even though if Kelly it makes has... you feel better, I didn't get it either, and my mom even got it. And I was like... She goes, I could tell when the camera went up at the beginning, and I'm like, oh. <laughs> what? <laughs> wow, like I was... Yeah. She's ahead of us. Ahead of All us. Right. Wait, did Tom, you, just... did you, Tom, did you guess the twist of Sixth Sense? Like, I never get twists in movies. I'm, yeah, I'm oblivious I'm, to movies. I try to make myself as dumb as possible. I There's a lot of ways yeah. to do it. Right, yeah. It helps so, the enjoyment of it, pretty much any movie. If yeah. Which means if I guess the twist, the filmmakers are fucking dumb. Like, right. Even I guessed it, so you really are an idiot. Well, I always feel that if I guess it, the filmmakers wanted me to guess it. I never do anything ahead of the filmmakers. Like, if it's like, it's like something that I knew, I feel like it, it was supposed to be that way. Like, it wasn't supposed to be a secret anyway. So. Right. Like, in Down Periscope, when the periscope goes down, you're like, yeah. I was thinking more like that Johnny Depp, John, that Johnny Depp was actually not a math teacher from Wisconsin in The Tourist. <laughs> I knew that was coming, and I feel like uh, uh, Carl von Donnersmark, whatever the director, I feel like he wanted me to know that he wasn't even trying to keep it hidden. Wait, was Salt really a CIA Russian? Yes. What no. about Kevin Costner? Was he Russian in the other one? Pass. Can I pass? What about... Uh, I didn't see No Way Out coming. I didn't see that one coming. That one got me. Please. That's Although, that might be one of my gotcha moments. Thanks for thanks for ruining it. Good job. What about <laughs> Zapped when he has his powers after all, even though the water... All right, Tom. Who's next for number three? <laughs> my number three... Uh, you know what? I can't do some of these because they're just... It's going to ruin it. You know what? I'm just going to say... I'm, I'm just going to say the movie, and I don't want to talk about the WTF moment because it would screw it up. So, uh, has anyone seen Limbo here? The John no. Sayles movie? All right, so yes, that's... Yes, of course. Well, Dingus has seen it. So my number three is Limbo, and if I say what the moment is, it would ruin it. Um, Just say what part of the movie it is. Like, I can't. No. Sense. You know, I'm not going to. Is it when uh, they do the titular dance? If you want, Yes, when they're trying to go under the bar, and the bar keeps going lower and lower, and I'm like, there's no way you can get under that. There's no way you can bend backwards and go under that bar. Right. No one can do that. And they do it, and I'm like, WTF? Yeah, because the boobs would stick up too much. <laughs> so it is limbo, and if you have seen the movie, you will know. And if you have not seen the movie, uh, I think it's one of John Sayles' best movies, and I, I recommend it. So there you go. There's my number three. My wow. other two aren't spoilers as much. I can talk about my other two. Um, Kelly Wand, you have not seen Limbo. Kelly Wand, what's your favorite John Sayles movie? Mate Wand. Ah, that's a good one. Because I think it's one. the only one I've seen. 
Yeah, Wait, a- I, I think I saw Lone Star. Lone Star's a good one. Uh, have you seen Brother from Another Planet? Have yeah, you, have you seen not that good. Have you seen Piranha? What? Oh, yeah. So that's not as good as Mate One. <laughs> that's true. <laughs> Mate One's got a higher body count than uh Piranha has a WTF moment with that weird Ray Harryhausen stop-motion creature running around for no reason whatsoever. That's a good WTF moment. Uh-huh. It's a WTF moment when Jerry O'Connell says wet t-shirt contest. No, not Piranha 3D. Piranha oh, 3D. oh. John oh. Sales had nothing to do with Piranha 3D. That was Scorsese? D- uh, Joe Dante. Close. Because I know Richard Shaw's in one of them. Richard Shaw? I don't even know who that is. He's the guy from uh, the one about the orca. Richard Harris or Robert Shaw? Yeah. <laughs> Kelly, what is your number three WTF moment from a movie? Uh, in Rocky IV, um, where all the Russians watching the fight all start chanting Rocky. And he makes a speech so that they can all, all and everyone can change. And then they start chanting the Russians' name because they've changed. Now, is that implausible? No, it's just surprising. Okay. Who wins the fight in, in Rocky Four? Rocky. Hey, good, good. I'm but he gets brain damage, but then, and he, so he had, so that's why he's extra dumb in part five. And he also had a ear damage in the second one, and then that's never mentioned again. And then in the sixth one, he's fine. Like, they've cured everything. They've cured all diseases Rocky had, except his steroid abuse, because now he's all... Cause, you know. is, is that his mutant power? Uh, he wasn't in first class. <laughs> that was the, um, whatchamacallit. Uh, Kelly, have you seen Copland? Yeah. It's the one with Janine Garofalo and Sylvester Stallone. It's their best collaboration. Janine Garofalo's in Copland? Yeah, she's a little cop. I don't know and what you're talking it, about. Are you thinking of Cop and a Half? What's the one where Vince Vaughn's evil? And Joaquin Phoenix isn't evil. Is that Copland? Psycho? No, Copland is Sylvester Stallone. And like I've Har- seen it. Like- and Robert De Niro. Okay, as long as you've liked it. Uh, Michael did Rappaport. See- um, did you see the trailer for the De Niro, Jason Statham, uh, whatchamacallit movie? I forget who the third guy is. So it's, I'm guessing it's going to be awful. I don't, I don't know what this is. If it's a trailer, I have not seen it, I'm afraid. Sorry. Are you thinking of the mechanic? No. <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right, so anyway, Rocky Four, great WTF moment. I, I agree with that one. I didn't know what was going on. Why are they chanting Rocky? Very good, Kelly Wand. Well picked. Dingus, what is your number two? Can you, can you, can you, beat, can you beat the way the crowd turns in Rocky Four? That was an excellent pivot, Tom. That made me stand up. Oh, Killer Elite. That's the movie I'm thinking of. And Clive Owen. It's Clive Owen, Jason Statham, Robert De Niro, like, shooting at each other. That's a terrible name for a movie. Killer Elite. Killer Elite, yeah. <laughs> wow. All right. I guess they're running out of names. You've Enjoy. seen him in Meet the Fockers. Now. It's no expendables. Well, you'll see him in something else. <laughs> Southern movie we made. Uh, Dingus, what is your number two WTF mo- moment in a movie? I've got a line for you fellows. For Good. Me. I feel better about this one, as long as it's not as bad as the Sixth Sense line. I'm a linist. All right, here's the line. Yep, yep. <laughs> you have no idea what men of power can do. Oh, uh, this is going to be like Raiders of the Lost Ark or something. I know it. No, that movie with John Travolta playing Bill Clinton. Primary colors. <laughs> right? 
<laughs> or that Richard Gere movie, Power, because Kate Capshaw. All right, here's a, here's a quote from the same movie and the same character. Okay. Therefore, Commander Farrell is Yuri, quad erat demonstrandum. Commander Farrell is your I don't oh good lord is it one of those submarine movies that you love with Sam Neill talking about Montana it's 2010 uh, no. I don't know no, there's nothing surprising in 2010 it's uh okay Yuri oh no it's uh Tom already brought the damn film up God wait I thought I did <laughs> I think I, I is it Costner I win. It's yes, of course tied. it's Costner. It's no way out, you jerks. Tom already ruined. Oh, it. that one. Oh, right, right. I think I blew that one for you. Yeah, no, Kelly, that's a good one though. Uh, no, Kelly Wand brought it up. Dingus. No. Dingus is picking the ones everybody fell for. Well, of like, course, because I fell for them. This yeah. was in 1987, directed by Roger Donaldson, uh, who directed The Bank Job and uh, The Bounty. With Liam um, Neeson, Liam Neeson and Daniel Day Lewis. Or Liam McNeeson, either one. Shut up. <laughs> that was that, he changed his name so people wouldn't know he was Irish. Anyway, I think Kelly has made fun of No Way Out before. I I, I like uh, it. I, I like it, uh-huh. even though I make fun of it. I, I totally I didn't see this coming. I, I saw it in high school or maybe right after high school. It was 1987, so it was around there. And uh, I had no idea the gotcha moment was coming when we find when we find it out. I had no clue. And when he when they do the the whole thing with Russian speaking Russian, I just I was like, what what. What the hell? How does that, what? And I, you know, I, I, I watched this, uh, I don't know, a couple of months ago for some reason or other. And it's, it's very cheesy. There's a horrible title song. Uh, there's a, one of those title songs that says the title of the movie over and over. <laughs> really? <laughs> can you oh, sing some of that? Yeah, I don't remember that. Let's hear some of that. Yeah, yeah. let's hear it. No, I'm going to let Paul Anka do that for you. You can just Google that one. No way out doesn't even matter. No way out. It's making a clatter. <laughs> right? I think that's from the remake of Footloose, actually. Dingus, is the song better than Raindrops Keep Falling on My Head in uh, Butch Cassidy? In the Sundance Kid? No way out to this one's even better. <laughs> Well, that's like, you know, they had like, uh, you know, I think I like Kenny Loggins songs. Just the second one should be called Even Less Way Out. All right. <laughs> I like that movie. Uh, I like your choice, Dingus. I like that thing, that thing of his face that that's making. Like he has to figure it out before they expose the photo. Right. Right. And it's another problem. I love these problems in film in period films, you know, that that, be, that are period films because those problems would be solved by cell phone cameras or whatever. Right, because it, it, it's a shot that was taken on a Polaroid camera, and it's ripped out of the camera before it can develop, and he throws it, you know, he just crumples it up, and it ends up under the bed, and it becomes part of police evidence. And and so uh, George Dunza uh, is running computer programs to try to figure out whose face is on it, and it's a, it's a race against pixels, basically. Can't they just enhance it? Uh, they should enhance it. They are. And then they should get uh, out of there. <laughs> okay. Uh, All right, so uh, No Way Back, Dingus is number two. That's got a lot of WTF moments, because it's like, oh, they kill off, what's her name? Blade Runner. Also, you get to see her breasts. Right, exactly. And then at the end, it's like he has to race the other guy into the room and go, okay, I found some paperwork. Isn't that how it ends? Like, it raced the office, and then he's saved. And, And I think Will Patton is very, very good in it. 
Have you guys seen him in Falling Skies, by the way? That alien invasion thing on TNT? Are you watching it, uh, Kelly Wong? I haven't watched it. I heard the second hour is awesome and the first hour is terrible. <laughs> All right, whatever. <laughs> but you know what? I saw, um, uh, for the first time, New Adventures of Old Christine, and it has that Afghanistan guy from Thor. Oh, right, right. Would you like to tell me where you received your training, Kelly Wong? Afghanistan, yeah. Chechnya, Pakistan? And I, I knew a girl who liked, like, had a think he's hot and then i started the show and i went oh yeah i could see that what's his name will Patton. (laughs) would you like to tell me where you received your training dude his name's afghanistan chechnya wait so the girl thought that dude was hot not will Patton. right no one finds will Patton hot because the ponytail oh the ponytail he wears in falling skies is so dreamy (laughs) i'm gonna do my number two now Worst podcast ever. <laughs> Worst podcast ever. Uh, this one you might have to be, you might have to see it at a certain age. But man, I will never forget seeing this scene and thinking, you can't do that movie. Hey, like that was my reaction as a kid, and I don't know how old I must have been, but the scene just like burned itself into my head. And then going back and finally watching the movie when I'm old enough to appreciate it, the scene still is just like you cannot do that every time I see it. This is one of, I always forget this movie when I mention the handful of perfect movies ever made. Uh, I would include things like Casablanca, Jaws, Toy Story 2, and Chinatown. The one I always forget to include just nailed this scene into my head as a kid, and it's still so weird to see this scene every time. And it's when... uh, it's when um, Slim Pickens rides the bomb out of the bomber in Dr. Strangelove. That just blows my mind. Like, that's just like you what, You can't do that. The guy's supposed to save the world at the last minute and disarm the bomb, and he's riding it down. I mean, that's that's just so freaky to me, seeing that. Uh, uh, that was one of those things that was ruined for me before I saw it. Like, someone had said, oh, it's like the Slim Pickens ending, and blah, blah, blah. So then I didn't. I missed out on that experience, and so did Psycho. Like people ruined Psycho. Oh, Anthony Bates is so or Perkins. Norman <laughs> Anthony Bates was Anthony so good Bates. in that. He's so good as the. But Norman Perkins, Norman though, Perkins. you can't beat that. See, that guy's guy. crazy. It's like thanks, assholes. Now I know this fucking money thing doesn't matter. I'm bored. Dingus, you can't IM me during the podcast because I then get sidetracked. Dingus IM'd me. Did we decide next week's movie? And I'm just going to say right now, uh, no. Cool. So, yeah, we'll, we'll burn that bridge when we get to it. So, okay, now he's dying for me. Okay. Uh, so, anyway, uh, that totally freaked me out, seeing that in Doctor Strange Love. And I still think that scene is just really insane. Like, I watched that, and I'm like, that's poor Slim Pickens. But it's a wacky comedy movie, and it's strange to me that you would go, hey, wait, this this wacky comedy that shouldn't have a wacky ending. It's not a wacky comedy, though. I mean, it it's is. not. It's Did you, have, you, have either of you seen the movie Failsafe? Yes. That's no. got a trip. That's got an ending that was more no way than even Dr. because that, that's, that's a serious movie. And and I couldn't believe that they actually went there. I mean, I saw that. I did. Yeah. I did some sort of a weird alternate book report on that in high school because uh, I was really into that movie and I watched it a couple times. And and some of the book uh, we had we could do. Uh, if we did a number of very difficult books for our book reports in English, then we could also choose a film and do one of those for like an extra one. And I did, I did uh, fail safe, and I dropped off the tape with my report so my teacher could watch it. And she got really annoyed with me because she stayed up really late watching it because she got hooked <laughs> by it. 
but the the ending of that really freaked me out. I didn't think of it until Tom just talked about the uh, that Slim Pickens moment. Wait, why did they nuke the end, the world at the end of? No, Force? I don't want to. Well, obviously they do. There's no other. I mean, the fact that Dingus, if they if everything's fine, it wouldn't freak Dingus out. So obviously the end of Failsafe, they nuke the world. You know what? I think I know Failsafe uh, because they don't. Didn't George Clooney do some like live? production of failsafe for tv like maybe eight years ago or something yes he and did it, it's a war of the worlds thing oh my god we knew it was fine but that movie i think is really well made and it freaked me out i i think and i, I don't want to tell you what happens at the end because i think it's yeah. worth watching it it's a little melodramatic but the things that work in it work really really well and the moment you're talking about tom i mean the the movies have a relationship together Yes. And so I think it's valuable if you like Dr. Strangelove to watch Failsafe and then read up on what the relationship is between the movies because it's yeah. a fascinating bit of Hollywood lore. I think. Mm, Failsafe's going to be like a grandpa movie. I don't want to watch uh, that. Well. <laughs> really? Okay. Okay. I'm with Dingus. I like Who famous? But you can help me here. Who famous is in Failsafe? Henry Fonda is the president. Yeah, that does nothing yeah. for me. Who else? Give me someone else. Larry Hagman. Larry Hagman, Larry Hagman plays uh, an in-earnest part as a translator, and he's great. Larry Hagman from Dallas? Uh, yeah, he's really good. It's an example of a young uh, actor before he gets, not corrupted, but before he gets just sort of lapsed into a TV role where he just does the same thing over and over again. And he's okay very good. Okay. I know you're okay with corrupted because you're doing this podcast. But um, but. But watching him, he's really good, and there's a there's a number of good people. I mean, the cast isn't stellar the way the cast of Doctor Strangelove is, but but the films again have a relationship. Which one predated the other? Which one came first? Well, that's the thing, and that's what I mean. It, oh, it, which one came first? I dream a genie or bewitched? I forget. <laughs> one. One put a stranglehold on the other because there there was there were lawsuits involved in what in the properties, really. So mm-hmm. how the films were released was based on how those lawsuits fell out and how See? was dealt with them. Because the? um, Stanley Kubrick didn't want his feet stepped on. I mean, it's it's a fascinating story about how one film became a classic and the other film uh, didn't necessarily become that sort of. Five like Dangerous Liaisons and... No, well, Kelly One. No, like Armageddon and Deep Impact. Uh, like obviously Star the Wars here. and Laser Blast. <laughs> like Exorcist and Omega Man. All right. And The Visitor, I, I would prefer you to bring up. Uh, like The Visitor <laughs> and The Omen. Yeah, yeah and <laughs> The Fury. Speaking of The Visitor, Kelly One, what's your number two WTF moment <laughs> in a movie? Oh, did you guys see the Dungeons and Dragons movie? With Tom Hanks? <laughs> Duh. And Jeremy Irons. Oh, that Dungeons. Yeah, right, right. I'm the sorry. The bald guy with blue lipsticks in it. I've never seen either one, I'm afraid. So. I think one of the Wayanses, and I think it's the one who played um, the dude in Requiem for a Dream and the stoner in Security Movie. Mm-hmm. He plays a thief named Snails, and there's a WTF moment in that movie where he gets killed by the guy with the blue lipstick, and it's like, oh, they kill off a major character. And then at the end... They go to his grave, and he's resurrected as a CG moth, which totally blew my mind when I saw it. So that's my number two. End of Attention Strike. <laughs> freaked me out. Uh, this isn't my choice, but uh, this isn't a choice for one of my WTF moments. I love uh, Planet Terror, the Robert Rodriguez movie. Mm-hmm. Um, and one of the great moments, I don't think this is a major spoiler, the movie's full of these kind of like 
subverted little gag, like gags of subverted expectations. And one of them is where Marley Shelton uh, is she's escaped from the hospital with her son and she tells her son to stay in the car. Yeah. I think she leaves him a gun to defend himself. You know, if anybody besides me comes shoot them with this gun and she gets out of the car and she goes to make sure the house is okay. And he ends up shooting himself in the head on accident and he's dead for the the moment. uh, Billy, Uh, I told you. And it's a great, I mean, it's just really, the whole movie is so brilliant for how it dances the borders of good taste. And uh, I love that movie, but, one of the things they did at the end of it is, for whatever reason, so is it Rose Byrne? No, Rose McGowan. Eh, I'm screwing it. McGowan. Yeah, okay, Rose McGowan. So she has a triumphant moment at the end of the movie. Great. Also another WTF moment. But she ends up escaping with uh, the the male character dies. She loses him, but she's pregnant. So the final scene shows her, like, riding off into the desert, pregnant. She's this cool pregnant warrior princess chick. And... Then we show shots of the little boy who supposedly killed himself, like playing on the beach with her or something weird like that. What? Yeah, yeah. It's, it's, I remember that kid in that scene. Oh, yeah, yeah, no, absolutely. Robert Rodriguez makes a point to show the kid alive and well and having a good time playing on the beach at the end of the movie. Why? How's that work? I know. That was my WTF. And that's in the missing reel. It's definitely like a sort of thing where it's like I didn't, you know, I didn't need to see, you know, I was fine having him killed. I don't know what kind of person needed to see this movie and would actually affect the kid. Yeah, but you know what? It's I think it might be like a little teaser after the credits. Like it might be one of those kinds of things. Uh, Or it's making fun of how little sense the movies made. Like, oh yeah, but he was just he was wounded, but he's okay. So I this is uh, uh, you know what I hesitate to bring this uh, you know what I'm I'm gonna bring this up so uh, Lucky McKee did a fantastic movie that showed at Sundance this year called The Woman and The Woman I can see lots of people despising this movie I, I loved it but at the very end of The Woman there's a similar situation where something happens to a kid and it's almost like he feels bad for how weird it would be in the movie so at the end of the movie he shows a, a weird animated short featuring this little kid and you can do with it as you will it can be a dream sequence it can be the kid's redemption it can be the kid imagining it could be like the kid's dying hallucination or something but it's sort of that kind of thing or it's like you know what i did something really weird with this kid and to make up for it i'm going to show you this strange beautiful languid poetic video i made with the little kid and i'm going to show it after the credits uh Huh. So, so, but that movie uh, may never get distribution, I'm afraid. So you, you may never get to see it. Oh, that's great, Tom. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. So, yeah, my number two, Dungeons and Dragons, Dungeons dies, resurrected as a... So we're now to our number ones. Dingus, what is your number one WTF moment in a movie? And do you have a, a quote for us? Uh, do I need to do a quote? Come on. Yes. yes. Ac- you always do quotes, Dingus. And do the accent as well. It's, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know what? It. Hold on. Kaiwan, it's going to be like one of those, like... Tom, uh, Harrison Ford, Tom Clancy. Well, he sounds like a leprechaun. Yeah, but it's like one of those Jack Ryan. Harrison Ford is Jack Ryan. It's going to be one of those. Or at me, it's Miss Moneypenny. Yeah, it's, you know, it's like Sean. He's going to have a Sean Bean as an Irish terrorist accent. That's what I, mean, I guess he's going to say. Okay, so hold on. So, let's okay. laugh until later, though, because he's sensitive. Right, right, right. Don't, don't say anything. Okay, let's bring Dingus back in. So, Dingus, what's a quote from your number one movie WTF moment? Kelly Wonder, did you just say I was sensitive? No, what? Oh, that was Tom. Because thank you. I just meant your nipples. That wasn't a compliment. Thank you, Tom. So, Kelly Wand, you were uh, you were having bad teacher quoted at you just then. I know. Kelly Wand, go over there and uh, what is it? Grab those cowboys. 
go over there and grab the asses of those cowboys. Or what was the line? It was something like that. I threw my notes away. Never mind. Grab those cowboys by the asses. No, what was it? Go over there. Get your ass over to those cowboys. I think that was it. Kelly Wan, get your ass over there to those cowboys. I thought that was a Brokeback Mountain line. Dingus, what is your number one movie quote? Go. I'm going to go find a hot dog. All right, my number one movie quote. Uh, oh, here it is. Ready? Mm-hmm. You're so predictable and stupid. La 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 You know what? This is why I picked this topic, because I wanted to make a fool out of him. And he fell right into my trap, just like a dumbass Jedi. Wait a minute. Who's the more foolish, the fool or the fool who picks the topic? Well, what do you hear my number one? But you're an idiot. So easy. So easy. So easy. Ah. Alright, this is Andy's Basket Case, because Basket Case guys are not really funny to me, and somebody's penis, his penises are funny. That's... You can lay all the Basket Case penis traps you want, but you'll, I'll never fall into one as easily as you fell into this one. Boy, are you silly. I agree with everything you just said. Alright, as long as we're clear on silliness. Alright. Yes? I'll leave the rest to Tom. I'll let Tom handle the, the rebuttal that he needs to say. Go on. I'm not sure what movie he's picked yet. I don't know what he's made. Let's wait and find out what he's chosen. Dingus, what was your number one? What quote was that from? I know there was stertorous breathing in 127 hours, so it could be the rock falling on the guy's arm. Could be Sanctum. It might be Sanctum. That's true. A lot of breathing problems. All right, Dingus, what do you got? What was it? Coma. All right, this is a little bit of a cheat because um, Christos Kieslowski did these movies about the Ten Commandments. And one of those Ten Commandments, I mean, it, I mean, that's they're, they're not strictly about the Ten Commandments, but um, it's still, I mean, you can still, you, you can't match up like Ten Commandments for every single movie that he did. But a lot of it is about the Ten Commandments, and that really blew me away. And so when you talk about the Ten Commandments, anytime, I, I just think about my favorite Polish filmmaker. And so that's my biggest uh, gotcha moment. So all ten of those Polish TV series, all all ten shows from Polish TV. I better write this down. I don't want to call all. it Polish TV. I don't think that's fair. It's racist because I. I mean, to me, those are films. All right, so get this, Kelly. One Dingus has chosen uh, M- Jedi Empire Strikes Back. Uh, I am choosing, and actually, I chose this one for Dingus because I want us to talk about something here. I am choosing as my number one WTF moment. It's it's something where I see this and it breaks the way my brain is enjoying the movie. Uh, this is probably the most recent example of that as far as movies I've seen. And it's Oscar watching Eli change in Let the Right One In. So we don't need to talk any more about it. We all know the moment. We've all seen the movie. We're all huge fans of it. But instead, let's talk about Dinkins watching Let Me In, the remake of Let oh, the Right One In. Oh, we watched it? Dingus did, yes. Dingus. When? Yeah, when did you do this, and why did you do this, Dingus? Why have I not heard this story yet? I'm very upset right now. I did it last week. Wasn't uh, it awesome, Dingus? What did you What did you love least about that movie? Least? <laughs> um, let's see. Can I think of a thing that I didn't like the most about that? Two weeks earlier? Because <laughs> you hate when movies start uh, uh, in media res and then have a title card to back up. Yeah. Wow. 
<laughs> wow. That's what I said. I said, wow. <laughs> How did you feel about National Treasure Chloe Moritz's performance? I think it's it's really a point of pride for a director if you can take somebody truly talented and make them seem like they can't even say a single line or have a single honest moment. That's impressive. It's really I just, impressive. I felt so bad for her. She was just like left to stand there and act against a brick wall. She's incredible. No and you made her seem like she couldn't do anything. Yeah. Like imagine if that's the first time you see Chloe Moritz in a movie. <laughs> God. Uh. Wish I'd seen it, but not really. No, you're next, Kelly Wand. Me and Vegas no. is the bullet. No, you, gotta go. you guys don't watch trailers. I don't watch American reboots of awesome foreign movies because they're fucking retarded. Uh, Dingus, how did you feel about all of the uh, the rear window stuff, like where he's a he's like peeking through at people's windows and whatnot with his telescope? Did you love that stuff? Because it was like rear window or Disturbia. I think it's really great because you don't see this a lot. When, when somebody catches like a couple – getting a little frisky and then the sees the person watching and then they duck mm, of that right. moment. tension tension suspense right out of you the girl's taking a bra off and she just moves right past the window frame because when you're in a lit room and you look out the window you can see across the courtyard like nobody's business oh you can tell if someone's spying on you with a telescope absolutely yeah. i think girls train themselves to take their bras off just like once they're past the window and what you if, if you replace an otherwise interesting character with a character who just happens to be hot and looking out the window and then uh, throw a bunch of horrible CG on top of it and make and then make a choice that doesn't make any sense and just is an incidental death for that character instead of an actual choice for the death. But all those things are great. I think those are great choices. Anytime you can make make a remake of a movie and remove all character motivation from that movie, I love that. Wait, so I'm not remembering in, in Let the Right One In, Virginia, the main character, like, doesn't she, she actively decides to, to kill herself, right? Yes. Yeah. And so what, what happens in Let Me In? What's I remember they, they they need to get an innocent nurse in the conflagration. Like I remember that part where it's like, oh, wait, let's make the fire so big that a nurse gets caught. But does she accidentally get burned? What what happens? Yeah, yeah, because uh, <laughs> because she's in there and the, and the and the character's like, let's go down the hallway and talk for a minute. All right, let's go, just go talk and you and then we're gonna shoot so you see everything happen behind like it's. Like it's like a joke or Muppet theater or something. And and then she's so hungry that she gnaws her own arm off. And then the nurse comes in and goes, oh, and opens the window. Oops. Okay. <laughs> the whole moment happens because, oops. Don't. <laughs> it's very much, don't. Great. All right. Good. I've been that hungry tonight. <laughs> Spoiler alert. Wow. I guess I should see it, huh? It really is uh, just an, 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 a disaster of epic proportions. That would be what I would put on the box copy. Yeah. It's jaw-dropping. Yeah. When you see that you had that kind of blueprint and then you just remove all character motivation. I mean, the, Americans the father, aren't ready for that. The father is reduced to a phone call about the nature of evil somehow. Do you believe in evil, uh, Dad? What? Dad, do you believe in evil? Wait a minute. That can't be real. No shark talk. <laughs> and the mother is not shown. They make a deal about we're not going to show the mother's face. It'll be bold. You know, it's going to be like the parents in Peanuts. <laughs> you hear her talk. You just don't see her. Yeah. Yeah. It's crazy. All right. So Dingus saw Let Me In. And uh, I forget the mom in the original. Though. 
the mom is in the original. I mean, she's there. You know, there's the whole thing where the dad is maybe gay. and uh, yeah. How do they ruin the swimming pool scene? Just a lot of extra limbs. It's just it's way over. Uh, really? like it's the same concept, but way over the top. And I actually posted something about this. The 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 piece de resistance of Matt Reeves totally fumbling the movie is at the very end of of Let the Right One In. Uh, when Oscar is rescued from the bullies, there's just this fantastic close up uh, of the actress who plays uh, Eli of her eyes when she is like. You know, finally her and Oscar come together at the end, and the, there's just a tight, tight shot of that that little girl's huge, beautiful eyes. And when the girl rescues the boy in the remake, it just shows Oscar coming up out of the water, and there's no reverse shot, if I'm not mistaken, of Chloe Moritz is there. Like, it doesn't show her face. It doesn't show – it just shows her feet. It's a big old shot of him grinning. And, oh, and uh, there's what? Nothing, there's nothing – He's grinning. And that's it. And then we cut, I guess, to the uh, maybe the train sequence. And at the train sequence, again, he is humming the theme to the Now and Later song. That uh-huh. eat some now, save some for later. Like, that's how it ends with him humming that while, while he's carrying her on the box. There's also a shot of blood seeping through the pool. And I don't remember that from the original. I just remember the original having so much economy in that scene that it that I, I knew... The moment I saw that that pool scene, that I was going to see nothing better that year. Yeah. And in this version, it's just so overblown. And there's just no relationship with the characters, and it's just. Ugh. I can't Why wait are... for Matt Reeves to do more foreign remakes because he's sure he's bound to get one right sooner or later. You know, give the guy another chance, right? That's a good point. That's a. That's I like. Point. I like Cabin in the Woods. It's not Matt Reeves, is it? That's true, Goddard, but aren't they the same dude, kind of? Mm, I don't think so. Could be wrong. I've never seen them in a room together, so I'll give you that, Kelly Wand. Oh, you mean like Green Lantern and Green Hornet? I've seen them in a room together. Kelly Wand, what is your number one WTF moment in a movie? Uh, mine's from a Star Wars movie. It's from the second episode in a trilogy. I think we all remember where we were. Oh, wait, it's the first one. Sorry. It's first episode of the trilogy when we found out Darth Vader made C-3PO. can't believe that. It freaked me out. All right, that's my number one. Awesome. Next? Runners up. I like the part in my dinner with Entree where they order flan. Because you don't expect that. No, I thought they were going to order uh, chocolate <laughs> mousse. Dings, what are your runners up? L- let me just get this straight. Um... Did Kelly Wan just troll himself again? Kelly Wan's constantly trolling himself. He makes a, a lifestyle of that, I believe. I was okay. pretty tripped out by that. I wasn't a troll. Uh, all right. Uh, so- all right. I would like to say that um, mm-hmm. the example Kelly Wan chose last week to take off the table, the crying game, was really not a what-the-fuck moment, moment for me. I remember seeing... The Crying Game and how that film was marketed. Don't give up the secret. Don't give up the secret. Don't give up the secret. And so I went to see it, you know, I, avoiding all spoilers. And I went to see it. It was when I lived in New York City. I'm in there in the theater with a friend of mine. I'm watching it. And soon as that character shows up, you're like, oh, what? Come on. You know exactly. You know. You know the twist because the because he looks like a dude. 
Exactly, and sounds like a dude, and right. the, and the movie has been marketed and just laid on so thick. It's there's a twist. Don't give it up. Don't give it up. Don't give it up. And so you just sit there looking for that, and then looking for some sort of twist, and then that character shows up, and you're like, oh, okay, now all right. The, and and up until that moment, it had been a, a well filmed, interesting movie, and the marketers got a lot of people to see it, but ruined that movie for me. So far from a what the fuck movie moment for me, it was just a. Uh, Okay, first of all, Dingus, I don't believe you for a second, because I suppose next you're going to tell me that you did not see that gag coming in The Hangover 2. What's the tie that, hooker. Tom? See? Mm-hmm. They don't call it bang. Oh, never mind. They don't call it bang. Oi, 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 oi. There's a reason they call it bang. Not bang. <laughs> right, that's what what stays in the underwear happens in the underwear. <laughs> uh, all right, I have no runners up, so how about that? I had no time for your foolish trolling topic. <laughs> Diggis, what are we doing next week for our 3x3? Three three? I didn't even get to talk about my number one, Kelly, so you don't get to complain. All right, next week. Because... Did you have anything to say about your number one? Of course, I always do. How dare you? How dare what you? What did you have to say? You 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 tried to pretend it was a, you were being doing respectable Polish cinema. We know you weren't doing that. Well, what do you have to say about your number one? Go ahead, Dingus. We'll back up. I'm you sure everyone wants to listen to you talk about Empire Strikes Back. First of all, when you talk about Polish cinema, anyway. you don't have to use the word respectable. That's understood. Excellent impression, both of you. You're doing a good job. All right, next week's topic was really uh, inspired by this week's movie. And um, this would be your favorite examples of comic timing. Now, um, here's something I'm going to give you as, a, as an example, because I don't necessarily mean an actor doing a good comic turn uh, or, or a particularly well-said comic line. If you want to do that, that's okay. Uh, and I don't necessarily mean funny comic physical bits. I'm a little bit leaning toward how an editor might make something uh, comic that otherwise could have fallen flat and how an editor might influence that. But it doesn't have to be that. It's just your favorite examples of comic timing. And one, one example I'm going to talk about is, uh, and I'm going to take this off the table, it's, it's in Raising Arizona. And it's a, it's a goofy moment during, uh, during a car chase. And it shows a, a baby in the backseat of a car in his car seat. And during the, during the car chase, the baby is reacting to the car chase by pulling its blanket up over its face, which is a goofy, silly moment. And, and, in the heightened world of that movie is funny. But clearly that baby is not reacting to the car chase, but the timing, the way it's edited and the way it's directed makes it a funny moment. So uh, because I thought the film this week was so thoroughly inept in providing comic timing to us, I would like you fellows to give me your favorite examples of comic timing. Now, please don't choose a performance or a movie. As per usual, I want you to give me a specific moment that you think really works for comic timing. Can I just say right now, one of mine will be the moment in Empire Strikes Back where where Mark Hamill uh, gets, hold on, hold on. He gets kissed by Princess Leia, and he does that thing where he stretches his hands back oh. and puts them behind his head, which is something that would be right out of the comic timing of Three's Company. I love that moment. He's not a scruffy-looking nerf herder. <laughs> uh, all right, comic timing, good. Uh, now, what movie are we seeing? We have not. Uh, the staff also did not get around to uh, researching this. What starts next week? Transformers. 
Wow. I am the movie fan. I no fucking way. All right, so <laughs> let's start there. Larry Crown. <laughs> wow. All right, so are we doing rubber or super next week? Wait, doesn't anything else come out next week? No, like, I don't. Because I want to go to the movies on Fourth of July weekend. You certainly can. They're just gonna. No, no one is gonna stop you. Go ahead and see Transformers what? or Larry Crown. Go ahead. What's Larry Crown? Larry Crown, you should see it. It's a it's a delightful rom com with T Hanks and Jay Roberts. You see? Do you like it? I'm <laughs> sure it will be great. You should I just see that. say that Rubber is available from Amazon, 48-hour rental for $3.99, and you can also buy it from Amazon right now, even as we're speaking. Rubber is available. Dingus, what's VOD? Video on uh, demand. <laughs> Wait. It's great. Michael Rooker on a podcast who's, uh, when they're, where they're plugging uh, Super, which he's in. Michael Rooker not knowing what VOD is. is great. Or, I noticed, or, uh, and not knowing any of his movies that he's ever <laughs> I love Michael Rooker. That makes, me wanna, that makes me wanna say we should do Super next week. So you know what? Let's vote. Let's vote. I'm voting Super. Dingus, do you vote Rubber or Super for next week? Can, can they get Super? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Super's out on, it's Super's on VOD as Michael Rooker. <laughs> well then, clear. Well then, uh, I would if if it's available, then I would vote super because we skipped a superhero movie, and I want to make up for that. So Kelly Wand, you get a vote, but it won't matter. All right, I vote rubber then. <laughs> All right. So uh, next week we will be seeing Super. Uh, join us for that uh, and have fun going to you know Transformers as well if if you must or Larry Crown. Uh, you might see Kelly Wand at the theater when you go to see Larry. Hi. I'll be the one who smells like weed. <laughs> we will also be doing our three by three of uh, best instances of comic timing. I am Tom Chick, and I have been joined by Christian Krzyzewski, I think. Christian Krzyzewski. Uh, it's Christian Morosky. Um. Okay, I'm not sure that works, but if you say so. And Kelly Wand. I'll also be the one in the trench coat grunting at the Cars 2 auditorium in the back row. Wake up in the morning feeling like P. Diddy. Grab my glasses, I'm out the door. I'm gonna hit this city before I leave. Brush my teeth with a bottle of Jack. Cause when I leave for the night, I ain't coming back. And if you're on our toes, toes, trying on all our clothes, clothes, boys blowing up our phones, phones. Drop top and playing our favorite CDs, pulling up to the parties, trying to get a little bit tipsy. Don't stop making pop DJ blow. La 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 la. Also, a good uh, WTF moment I really liked is at the end of Planet of the Apes when you find out the apes don't worship the Statue of Liberty because it's a map painting.